Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. The second verse that I read for our text, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Someone said, handcuffs are like souvenirs. What do you mean, preacher? Well, because they're for two wrists. <laughs> what country do people visit the United States from that are the most disappointed when they try to purchase a souvenir from the United States. And it's obvious. Any guess? China. China. <laughs> because they say, I bought this in the States, but everything's made from back home. So have you ever taken a trip and you want to take something home to remind you of your time in a foreign place, in a foreign country? We call them a souvenir. It's a French word, souvenir, and it literally means to souvenir, to bring to mind or to bring to remembrance. All around the world, they have top souvenirs. So sister brought us something from France, and I don't know if she remembers it. She brought us a couple of them, and then they were little Eiffel Tower keychains when she went to visit Paris. That's the top souvenir from France. If you visit England, it's a little double-decker bus model. That's the top souvenir. If you visit Russia, there are these little dolls where you can take one, and then there's a smaller one. It's called a Matryoshka doll. In India, it's a painted elephant. I don't know if someone's ever brought a paint, but that's the top one from India. In Canada, it's maple syrup in a little leaf bottle. In the Netherlands, I don't know if they make them, but they're painted clogs, those wooden shoes. And in Denmark... You might not have known much about Denmark, but it's the Little Mermaid statue. That's like the top souvenirs to bring back. In the States, they have top souvenirs. In Alaska, it's salmon something. In Georgia, it's peach something. In Florida, it's Mickey something. In Maine, it's lobster something. South Dakota, it's Mount Rushmore something. In Texas, it's cowboy something. They've exported Bucky's. If you've ever gone to Bucky's, that's a little taste of Texas, okay? Wisconsin, it's cheese something. In Washington State, it's Starbucks something. And look, when I was in Turkey, I went to Istanbul and sought out a Starbucks and went to Starbucks. And somewhere else, we were in Turkey, we were floating around, and I just have a desire to go to Starbucks in a foreign land. And they don't do ice like we do ice here. So it wasn't as good as the United States Starbucks. But why? Because I wanted a memory from my travels. And so what I looked at here, and I'd like to preach on the thought of a message for a few minutes on the souvenirs that Jesus took back to heaven. So, well, Jesus didn't take anything back to heaven. Well, he did. And I'd like to look at three things. And perhaps you've traveled around life, and, and uh, I would like to pose to you what are the most important things that you have for your memories and your travels that you have made and and maybe to reassess some of those things say preacher but you just drank starbucks you didn't bring anything back i don't think so 
but I have a good memory of drinking Starbucks in Istanbul. And plus, when you use a, a, a business or a restaurant, you get to use their bathroom because they don't have a lot of bathrooms in foreign countries, okay? So thank God. And you can drink as much water as you want as long as you purchase it because there's no clean water in a lot of foreign countries. So Jesus, the Bible said in our text that he rose from the dead. And the Bible said he sat at the right hand of God the Father. Well, when he went back, what did he take with him? So a preacher, he took nothing with him. The first thing that Jesus took with him back to heaven, the first souvenir he took were nail prints. The Bible said even in the book of Revelation that he's pictured as a lamb who was slain. The nail prints from the cross were still in his hands. On that Easter service morning, he came and showed his disciples he had resurrected from the dead, and especially Thomas. He said, hey, put your, put your uh, uh, hand and your finger into the prints. I want you to see those nail prints in my hand. So, well, why did God take those nail prints? They were souvenirs he took in his body to remind him of the sacrifice that he made for you and me. We still preach about the cross today. And that is the one symbol that Christians rally around the world. And it's because not of an empty cross, but of the nail prints that were in Jesus' hand. And he took him back to heaven. There was a missionary that went into Sumatra, I believe that's Indonesia, a very foreign land many years ago. And he wanted to preach or teach people about the cross. He didn't speak the language, but he took some, some like uh, uh, pieces of a tree and he, he made him into a cross. And then he laid down on the cross to show these villagers what Jesus did for them. And then he explained that the soldiers nailed Jesus' hands and feet to the cross. And the chief spoke up and he said, what's a nail? And they didn't know what a nail was. And so the, the missionary tried to explain to a culture that didn't have uh, ironworks and different things what a nail was. And he searched around and he, in his knapsacks in his pockets and they're in the middle of nowhere no nail and he said Lord you brought me in his mind he said Lord you brought me all the way here <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to communicate the gospel because I don't have a nail and so after lunch he opened one of the cans of oranges for dessert he had a little can that he bought somewhere and he poured him into his plate and he was ready to toss the can when he heard a little rattle in the can. It's a true story. Opening the can further, he looked inside and there at the bottom of the can was a nail. Now in America, you'd sue for that, right? Because they put a nail in there. But it was the answer to his prayers. And he took that nail out and he was able to have them pierce, you know, kind of prick it in their skin and see how uh, painful it was. And he explained the crucifixion story with the help of that nail. And uh, according to the account, the chief well, uh, received the story and began to weep 
at what Jesus did for him. And they understood that that's how much that God loved them. That he died on the cross for their sins. And the account said it was the beginning of a miracle in the lives of that tribe. All because of a nail and a can of oranges. We see the only souvenir that Jesus took back on his body were those prints from the nails. And the only thing he left down here was his blood. Nails pierce. Nails fasten. And nails mark. You know that nails and the nail prints, if people see you, they will seal the marks of the nails in your life. And I'm not talking about real marks. But we were sharing about how, how Spencer, how he came to church. And he works with, uh, with Charles, with Reverend Patterson, in construction. Say, well, everyone in construction is this way. Um, no. Because Paul was a tent maker. He was in construction. And Spencer said something like, what did he say? What did you say? What's your deal? What's your deal? <laughs> like, you don't, you don't act like other people. What did he say? You don't talk like other people? Yeah, because we were yelling and cussing at him because he's our boss and we were having a bad day and we were construction folks and said, well, you do or you don't. Didn't get loud, didn't yell back, didn't fight us back and notice what you deal, man. Do you reverend or pastor or deacon or something? <laughs> yeah, I am. That's the church I go to. And I said, oh, okay. Nail prints. The marks of a believer that nail print, what's your deal? And the Bible says in Acts chapter 11 and verse 26 that Paul preached in Antioch. It's actually in Turkey now. It's called Antakya. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And it said the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. In that place where that men and women began to say, you, what's your deal? Like, What's, what's, you're not like everybody else. You're not talking uh, the way that everybody else talks. You're not walking the way that everybody else walks. Why? Well, they saw the souvenir. There were marks of the master, marks of those nails in those people that people could see. You know, you can see a nail print, right? But they could see that there was a difference in that person. What's your deal? And you know what my deal is? I can't explain it. But Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let me go. He got let me not with not with nails in me, but nails in him and nails in his hands and nails in his feet and his love. That love of Jesus Christ just won't let me go. God has a message of love and nail prints. He brought nails back, nail prints back to heaven. And the second thing he brought was blueprints. Blueprints. Yes. He brought something that was marked as in his body, but he also brought something that was in his mind. The Bible says in John chapter 14, the Gospel of John, he said, he was talking to his disciples. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. You know, there's a lot your heart can be troubled about nowadays. I was looking at that new church location. I was like, oh man, everything is bigger. <laughs> And he said, preacher, that's not that, really, really. But you know what? Let not your heart be troubled. We just need to believe in a bigger God. You know, we need a God upgrade. And you know that I was looking at that and I'm just thanking God and walking throughout it this morning. And just like, what's God going to do in this place? And, you know, we want the shells filled, but we also want the pews filled. We want the, the hearts filled with men and women. You see, Jesus brought, black, brought back to heaven blueprints. For what? For your place. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
Amen. He said, I go to do what? Prepare a place for you. Amen. It means it's not made yet, but God had to have these blueprints in his mind. My little sister, you know that paper that's made up of little squares, like engineer paper or whatever, and you can, it's easier to draw lines on. What do they call it? Graph paper or something? I don't know. My sister used to always draw house plans on that. Did anyone ever do that? You just like draw little rooms and little bathrooms and little doorways and everything. And my sister was always designing that. And then my brother turned out to be the engineer. But, but there was also a guy in Bible school. He was always drawing house plans. Well, you know what? God has house plans in his heart. Not his house plans, but your house plans. The Bible says, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may also be. That God has those blueprints. He brought them back to heaven. He's like, man. And you know, a lot of times we think, well, preacher, what is my life going to be? My life is nothing. But you know what? I believe that God has a blueprint for your life. And you might think, well, my life isn't going anywhere. I haven't done things right. But when you begin to read the word of God, you see that God has a blueprint for everything. That uh, even when Moses was building the tabernacle, he said, make sure you build them all according to the plan that I gave you. God gave him blueprints. And the Bible says that God has given us blueprints for everything. And you know that uh, God will begin to deal with your heart on the inside. You know that God places his blueprints in your heart. I remember when I became a Christian, God began to deal with my heart about reading the Bible. He began to deal with my heart about going to church. It wasn't from the preacher. It was God putting something inside my mind. You know that I find out when I read my Bible more, I'm less stressed out. When I read my Bible more, I have less time to get involved in other crazy things. I remember there was a challenge to read your Bible or pray for like 30 minutes a day. It doesn't seem like a lot. And I remember in the Marine Corps being in the bathroom at night. And I mean, we had like three guys and there was me and two other guys that were not Christians. <laughs> and uh, so I'd go to the bathroom and close the door and read my Bible and pray. And it felt like an eternity, 30 minutes. Say, well, preacher, what did that do? It impressed on my heart how long 30 minutes can be, but how much you can do if you dedicate that time to God. If you dedicate that time, God will begin to open up your mind to what the promises are in the word of God. He'll begin to open up your mind into what God can do in your family. See, God wants to fill your family with peace. God wants to fill your family with joy. You know, sometimes just a hug when our attitude changes. Say, well, you, you just can hug and make up? Yes. And my wife and I hug in my house. You know what happens? Wherever my daughter is, she'll come running. And she'll just pile on to our hug. Why? Because kids need that love and security that comes from their parents getting along. Kids need that. But you see, God has the blueprint. God said, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And what do you mean? How much? Do I have to love her like for 30 minutes or 20 bucks? No. As Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So I got her flowers last year, right? Told her I loved her when we got married. If anything changed, I'll let her know. No, but women need to hear it more than that. Amen. And I was petting my wife, like, not like a dog, but I was petting my wife on the way to church. And she said, I like that. You know that women are not men. 
Okay? But you know, God has a blueprint that women like certain things and men like certain things and men are a certain way and women are a certain way. But if we read the Bible, we'll find out how to dwell with people according to knowledge. We'll be find out what God desires for us in his blueprint for our lives. God takes back the nail prints to heaven. God takes back the blueprints to heaven. And you know what? The last thing, God takes back name prints. Name prints? Name prints. See, the first was a souvenir in his body. The second was a souvenir in his mind. The third one was a souvenir in his heart. You know, one of the greatest things that I have in my mind are memories. My, my parents just took us all to Turkey, the whole extended family. And actually, my dad's brother and my dad's sister also came to Turkey. So we're sitting around the table, but we were not in Texas we're, and where he grew up. We were in Turkey and he was talking. He said, my dad said, I remember he, like a little kid and my dad's older than a little kid, but he looked around and he, you know, he saw his kids and their, their families and his brother and his sister. And he said something like, this is great. You know that God loves people. The Bible said, for God so loved the world. You know that when, uh, when, you, when you die, you're going to have the most important things around you. Like that man said when he died, he's a very rich man. And he wanted, he summoned very, very in great haste his accountant and his lawyer. And he had them, he said, I want you to hold my hands. And he was getting ready to leave this world. And they said, okay, but, you know, and it was like on an inopportune time. It was at night, but the accountant was holding one hand of this rich man and the lawyer was holding the other hand. And then they said, well, sir, of all the people, why did you summon us? Well, he said, the man who was dying, he said, well, I, I gave my life to Jesus and I want to be like Jesus now. I want to be like Jesus in my life. And I want, <laughs> you, know, you know where it's going. I want to be like Jesus in my death. And Jesus was crucified between two thieves. So I thought I would summon both of you. <laughs> the Bible said that Jesus came. <laughs> Nothing against the countenance, right? Or lawyers. Well, maybe a little bit against lawyers. <laughs> But Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. You see? <laughs> That's good, right? Don't get any ideas now. So Jesus, when he called people out, he called them by name. I was reading in, in the Gospel of Luke, he, he passed by and a man named Zacchaeus had come up, this uh, climbed a tree to see Jesus, who he was. And he said, he said, Zacchaeus. He said, make haste. He said, I'm going to abide. I'm coming to your house. And it said, Zacchaeus made haste. And when, Pe when Jesus called out, though, he didn't just call out, hey, but he called out Peter. And he called out to John. And he called out to Mary. And, you know, God knows everybody's name here. God calls us by name. And when God desires to make fellowship in your life and in your heart, you see, God carried your names back to heaven. God prays for you. The Bible said he ever liveth. To make intercession for us. The Bible says that God made us and created us in his image. And God loves us so much that he puts us in his heart. You know, it's a blessing to have Jesus praying for you. He told Peter, he said, Satan desired to sift you as wheat. Satan wants whatever God wants. He said, but I pray for you. 
He said, you know that when Jesus prays for you, why? Because he is going to carry our names all the way back into heaven. The Bible said that there's joy in the presence of angels over one sinner that repents. Why? Because I can imagine they see Jesus is celebrating. They probably celebrate too. God cares about you. Amen. And he references you by your name. Amen. There was a young man from L.A. I met this guy. I said, where are you from? He said, L.A. I said, Really? He said, Lower Alabama. I said, ah. <laughs> this is Los Angeles, right? True story, right? And this is a true story, too. A young man from Los Angeles who's a graffiti artist, that means people who spray paint buildings, they don't even get paid for it. They just work off the clock, right? But it said he was named Chalka. And he wrote his name all over Los Angeles, along freeways, on buildings, on billboards, on train station, even places that seemed impossible to get to. You know, people get up like on water towers and stuff and spray paint stuff. He single-handedly cost the city of Los Angeles $700,000 just to clean up all of his tags. That's what they call them when they tag. And so he became a Christian, though. Chalka got saved. And when the Lord saved him, a pastor asked him, he said, Chalka. Why did you write your name everywhere? And he answered this. He said, because I felt so unimportant. When I saw my name all over the town, it gave me a certain prominence. He said, I needed to have some identity. But you know that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you don't have to write your name everywhere. The Bible said that your name is written in heaven, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that Jesus took your name and you're in the very, you're in the very heart of God. God loves you and God cares for you. Not only that, but God will put people around you that care about you. And they say, well, the pastor cares for you. The pastor's wife cares for you. Even uh, I was watching uh, uh, the men yesterday uh, that were working and, and they were harassing each other and different things. I'm like, men need that. We, we work different than ladies, but they need to get harassed and made fun of and different things. But there was a real joy in just working for God and sweating for Jesus and lowering our cholesterol as well as all the ancillary, tertiary benefits, right? But just loving God and being loved and realizing, man, I mean something to God. And look, I can work. And I mean, we had a politically correct work crew. I mean, like we had one of every person. <laughs> Was it a black, white, Indian, Hispanic? And, uh, and we're thankful that God, he loves all of us. He loves all of us because he took names back to heaven. I'd like to ask you this as we're getting ready to close. What souvenirs are you taking with you? I mean, may you're gathering them up. One day you're going to leave this place. Jesus took nail prints. Jesus took blueprints. And Jesus took name prints. I'd say the last one is the most important one. I was doing a uh, sprinkling of the ashes of a, a lady's uh, uh, husband, ex-husband who had died. And, and we were working to, you know, give some comfort and closure. And you've heard the account that you can't take it with you when you go, right? The Bible said, naked. Shall he return forth? You came forth out of your mother's womb naked in the book of Ecclesiastes, and naked shall he return 
to go as he came and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And you know what? It's not 100% true. Now the Bible's true. You can't take anything in your hand with you. But you can take things with you when you go. And I told this, this lady, this sister, I said, you can take your memories. You can take the memories that you've made here and you can take them with you when you go. It's one of the great souvenirs of this life. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, the greatest memory, the word souvenir, means memory or to call to mind. You can take the memories of the decision that you made to give your life to Jesus. You can take the memory of someone that you care about after maybe they fought for years and years giving their heart to Jesus Christ. It's a memory. You can see the nail prints in their life. And you can see the blueprint of God beginning to order their life and order their steps and establish their goings. It's so exciting when God does something in a life. And the most important things and the things we want around us at our weddings and the things we want around us at our graduations is not just gifts. It's people we love. And let me tell you, God loves you. And God wants you around him. You're God's souvenirs. And he's looking down from heaven and he loves you and he's praying for you. And all he wants, the thing he wants most, and the reason for the nail prints, and the reason for the blueprints, is that he wants houses in heaven to be inhabited by people who have given their life to him and have forsaken their sin and repented of their old ways and been born again of the Spirit of God. And you know what? It's possible. It's all left up to us. And the question remains, souvenirs. Jesus brought three types. What souvenirs will we bring out of this life? Let's find a place to pray. These altars are open. Let's let God be God in our life. Let's let God be God in our heart. Let's let God be God. And let's take a souvenir today. Calling to remembrance. Don't be ashamed. These altars are just a meeting place with God. And it's a place you can lay down a burden. And say, God, I'm going to lay it down and not pick it up. Because I'm going to take souvenirs with me to heaven. Lord, I've preached your word. Lord, have your way in our hearts. I don't want to love what the world loves. I don't want to chase what the world does. I only want you. I only want you. First things first, I seek your will, not my own. Surrender all my wants to Keep the first thing first. Live your truth. Walk your ways. Set my eyes. Lord, I'll fix my face on you. All my desires reversed. To keep the first thing first. All the things that I Vanities that whispered in my ear. 
What would I do if they all disappeared? Riches and fame and all that they can buy I've come to find they never satisfy What would I gain if my soul's the prize? Cause I don't want to love what the world loves chase what the world does. I only want you. I only want you. So first things first, I seek your will, not my own. Surrender all my wants to you. I'll keep the first thing to go down to the church my wife and I are gonna hightail it out of here and go down there and unlock the door otherwise we have to break in and uh, feel free if you want to grab a water we got Gatorade we got sodas we got some snacks down there and uh, just check it out be able to walk around but uh, see what God's gonna begin to do and pray for us that we'll get out of this lease and preacher what can I do prayer works prayer works prayer touches hearts amen and uh, Take some souvenirs from this life. Live intentionally. Live your life intentionally. Father, I've preached your word that, that you would have a work that's done in our life. And that the nail prints would be visible. Not physical nail prints, but the marks of a new life would be visible to others. And that the blueprint of Jesus Christ's will would be evident in our lives. And that God, that hearts of others who don't know Jesus, the name prince, as Jesus carried them on his heart, that we would carry them on our hearts, that we would take God's type of souvenirs. And God, we ask your way and your will be accomplished in hearts. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless.